I got to give Carolyn Goodman a pass because she's she's ill-equipped. It's sort of like saying, hey, slightly retarded 15-year-old boy, <laughs> we want to make you the spokesperson of NASA just after the Challenger exploded in the sky. Kid's not, kid's not equipped, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's going to get on there and he's just going to say, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of literateape.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. You're having a rough... Okay, it, David. It is hard you, being I, David the last couple so of days. Tell, yeah. So talk to me a little bit why it's so hard to be David, because it's I, actually not hard to be done at all, except for I can't fucking sleep, but uh, uh, that's a whole... That's just your prostate knocking at your butthole. No, that's actually... Age. It's, that's age. No, no, no. My, that's what I discovered. <laughs> I'm actually writing a piece called My Sleep Cycles for Shit, is I realized <laughs> I'm Irish... And I'm sort of like uh, I'm I'm sort of like an '80s in my brain. I'm like an '80s style male. So think Stallone. I mean, I'm not that. Oh, guy. for fuck's sake! But sort of the idea that you know you can't that you don't show emotion that kind of thing. I've got a little yeah. of that sort of machismo in my. And what I do, and that's what I realize is that I've been going to sleep and I've been waking up like three times a night, yeah. like just bolting out of bed. Like, and it's the only thing I can I can compare it to is like if I if I thought I woke up and I thought I heard somebody breaking into our house. Yeah. I yeah. mean that kind of anxiety is like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. Totally fight or flight. And I always go to fight. It's like, what? And then I realized there's nothing. And it's just and then like the other night, I was like, oh, I haven't watched the plot against America. And you had said to watch mm-hmm. the plot against America. So I started watching that. And I was so fucking into it. Bless you. I was Thank so you. fucking into it that uh that I fucking binged it. So it's like midnight, and Dana's already asleep, and so I go lay down, and she's taking up the whole bed because I've she's you got in bed, and I'm not oh, in there. Yeah, and I I laid there, and I couldn't sleep. I wasn't sleepy, and I thought, well, this is like sitting at a dinner table and waiting to get hungry. It's kind of stupid. So I got, <laughs> you know, so I got up. It's like that's the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard. So I got up and I watched a little bit. I read some more stuff. I did a little bit of writing. And all of a sudden, it's like five o'clock. It's like five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, and so then I went to sleep because I just completely wore myself out. And it's like, what the fuck? My sleep is so. So this is how all of this nonsense is affecting me. How is it affecting David Himmel? Because you've been having a rough time. I I don't know if it's, I suppose it's part of the problem. Um. That's like, ah, oh, fuck. Sorry. And it's, it's, here's the thing. I can't. I'm just. I'm struggling to even like take the dog out right now. She's looking at me like, "Hey, I gotta go." And I'm like, "I don't even fucking care." And get out of the office. All right, fuck it. Sorry, I'm trying to let the dog in and out of the office because she scratches at the door and starts to whine. And I don't want that to happen. And oh my god, everything is just so hard. Here's the thing. I am so. F- I'm fucking tired. I'm tired. Um. Now is this like? Tired, tired, or is this like weary and exhausted? I mean, what's the quality of yeah, tired? I'm, I'm I, physically, I'm fine. It's like it's mental exhaustion. I'm tired okay. of people b- 
bitching about being stuck at home and oh this is so, like just shut the fuck up and do it this isn't this is not that it's a it's it's annoying but it's not that hard uh which is something i wrote about in my piece uh that was published on saturday uh what was it coronavirus dreams and uh genocide wishes or coronavirus yeah. wishes and, and uh, genocide genocidal dreams. dreams yeah um Stop Stop fighting science. Stop bitching about how you want to get the economy going again and how hard this all is. And I know it's hard and it's annoying. And if you've got kids and they're awful and you, there's not enough space in your house and you can't just take a break from everything, I get that. I, I, get, I, mean, I guess I'm handling it better because Katie and I are so used to working from home because we have freelanced for so long. Well, let me ask you a question because I, that was the only question that I had in reading your piece. Yeah. Um, which dropped Saturday, right? Right. Yeah, dropped Saturday. The only question I had in reading your piece was, okay, so I want you to take a moment, because you and I are in, are in, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, and yes, my eyes are going to roll when I say this word, but we're coming from a very privileged place. And the privilege is that yeah. we're white. The privilege is um, you and Katie are still getting paid. Yeah. Okay, so you've got money. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I'm still getting paid. I mean, it's 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 a little more. <laughs> there's a little bit more danger involved in what I do because I'm not actually working from home. I'm actually going into the casino, right? Four days a week. You know, it's like. But there's money. Now here's the question. And you mentioned kids. I'm. I can't think of a better time for Dana and I to not have children. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So let's just let's just assume that you and Katie have Harry, mm-hmm. and the way you make your money. Is that you, David? You know, you work in a Seven Eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, and Katie works as a hotel registrant, and because of the coronavirus, um, she's out of a she's she's furloughed. You know, right. she doesn't have any income coming in except for uh, unemployment, and maybe not even that. And you are making you know eight bucks an hour. And you're going in, and it's a constant source of danger because you're having people come in all the time, and then you go home to your wife and kids. So, right? Does does that sort of uh, circumstance for you change how you look at this experience? Uh, yeah. I mean, look. Here's the complaining that I'm hearing and seeing a lot of is is not coming from people who are out of work. Who have it hard? These are coming from people who can't get their goddamn Starbucks. Yeah, who can't go you know? golfing. Yeah, yeah no, I got gotcha. you. It's that kind of complaining. Like, and look, Katie and I are one hundred percent. Well, like you said, you know the privilege that we come from. One hundred percent. We're both working. Um, we only have one kid, and that kid yeah. is not being homeschooled, so we don't have to figure out how to help them with their math or teach them. Yeah, because he's not he's not old enough for that yet. Yeah. We just have to like he's a busy toddler and. For part of the day, like he and he's a self-sufficient toddler as far as toddlers go. So for a lot of it, we can just we could just he just plays. He plays by himself. We just kind of have to keep an eye to make sure that he doesn't. I don't know, fucking hang himself on the coat rack or you know, yeah, whatever kids might do. Yeah. So and you know, working from home can be an annoyance, but we also our place is not huge, but it's not tiny, and I have a. An office where yeah, I can you can close your own the door. Office. Exactly. There's and that's the thing is I look at myself. It's like we've got a, plenty of space. I mean, it's yeah. a one bedroom apartment, but it doesn't cost a lot. Frankie uh, Vivid, you know Frankie, right? I do not know Frankie. 
He's the husband of Michelle Lemoore, who okay. is the burlesque. They've been doing a thing online called the the uh, Quarantine Cabaret. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have not seen the Quarantine Cabaret, you can find it on Instagram. Just go to Quarantine Cabaret, and you can see it for free. It's on it's on uh, Vimeo. But basically, what she's a burlesque artist. Yeah. And they were in Chicago. That's how I know them, as I worked with both of them uh, pretty extensively while I was in Chicago. And did a lot of burlesque shows. And uh, now they're in Los Angeles. And, you know, they're like, I mean, she did... Most people, if they do know her, she she was, uh, and this is early America's Got Talent, she was the strip tease that dressed like Snow White. And people remember her that for that way. Anyway, yeah. um, they've been doing, like, she's been contacting people all over the country, and they do burlesque acts. Everything from stripping to contortion to magic to stand-up. But they're doing it from their own home, sending her the video. She compiles it. She introduces it from her living room with this beautiful backdrop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an opportunity. And they're making some money. They're making a little bit of money. But he commented to me, it's like, so how is Vegas? Because uh, we're, our income is is like 10% of what it used to be. Because that's what they do is live yeah. events. yeah. He said, uh, so we were talking about, you know, our lease is, is up pretty soon, and we're talking about maybe moving to Vegas. So how's it going? And he said, well, I mean, obviously, it's completely shut down. And uh, and while I do think there is an end uh, to that in sight, it's not, you know, it's not it's not impossible. Um, don't know, really know. It's one of those things you got to let it go because right. I don't have any control over it. Right. But I know that, uh, you know. The, the the standard of living here is still pretty low. So if they wanted to come here and do what they're doing, I think they could probably manage it. So, but that's a that's the thing is reading your piece. It's like I get it. People are bitching, but I also it's like Carolyn Goodman. I I know you saw the mayor of Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, go on Anderson Cooper and make an ass of herself. Here was the best part about that is I when it was on, I happened to be taking a crap in the bathroom, <laughs> and Katie comes into the bedroom and she just hollers to me to the bathroom. The mayor of Las Vegas is on CNN with Anderson Cooper right now. Do you want me to pause it or do you want to watch it? Because she's fucking insane. You really do need to see this. And I'm like, yep, be out in a second. So I went up, you know, and watched it. Yeah. um, I I mean, I don't think we need to belabor how, how insane she sounded. But... The th- yeah, I'm I mean, a little yeah. different. See, I have a little different perspective on it. I think you've got a different. I mean, you, I've got a little. Yeah, I'm not. I'm certainly well, not in favor of Carolyn Goodman's. Uh, let's let Las Vegas be ground zero. Let's we'll be the test subjects. No, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate what? Your, right. But yes, she did sound stupid. She sounded a little bit drunk. Um, she was totally ill prepared, and she made some really stupid. All right, you're gonna tell me well, what the stupid. I was just thing gonna was. say. Yeah. Well, so here, here's the thing about Carolyn Goodman that you, you got to understand. Her predecessor was Oscar Goodman. Her, hus- her husband. Her husband, Oscar Goodman. As I think you know this, but for yeah, for, for listener, if you don't know this, Oscar Goodman was a mob attorney, an unapologetic mob attorney. Played himself in the movie Casino. Yep. And I think Goodman was elected in 2000 or 2001. So it was like he was the the mayor for most of my time in Las Vegas. And he was kind of he didn't do much like he and, and you knew who Carolyn was because she was the first lady of, of Las yeah. Vegas, you know. Um, the Goodmans are mascots 
of Las Vegas. Oscar Goodman was the greatest mascot for Las Vegas. Everywhere that he went in every um, official capacity, he had a showgirl on each arm in full showgirl regalia and a gin martini in his hand. That was his thing. Yeah. He was a gin. Oh, yeah. I've seen those pictures. Yeah. And, you know, he, look at him. He, he is a walking gin blossom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mayor Goodman, two of his, uh, the two big ideas that I can remember best, and I'm not a, a political, you know, historian for Las Vegas, but one idea was for to, to curb Las Vegas homelessness was to take all the homeless people, put them on a train and ship them out to Gene, Nevada and let them live in a tent city in Gene. I, I read about that. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was fun. A fun idea coming from a, a Jew. Like, where'd you get that idea? Did it come from the fucking Nazis, you weirdo? <laughs> so, and just, yeah, let them live in a tent city in Gene, Nevada, in the fucking blazing desert. So I just, I, anyway, his other great idea was Neonopolis. Like, he legitimately thought that building Neonopolis, which is just one gigantic uh, tourist trap, not even a tourist trap, just one uh, uh, fucking gift shop, Basically, yeah. that yeah. he was convinced that Neonopolis, and I think there may have been a movie theater there, was going to revitalize downtown. And of course, that didn't happen. Revitalize no. downtown was the bars and the art scene yeah. and not yeah. this forced consumerism, this trite consumerism. Not a, not a bad mayor, but not a good one. Well, okay. And one of the things, again, for people that don't, uh, that don't are into the insider baseball of Las Vegas politics is that the, the, the position of the mayor of Las Vegas is is oddly ornamental right there it's a I mean, the thing about position. it is the, the, the thing about it is what you have to understand about the history of las vegas is that they built the strip outside of the city limits right out outside of clark county so ultimately the mayor of las vegas is just like the mayor of some suburbs it's it, i mean it's the equivalent of like if the mayor of chicago was really only in control of naperville and you know mount prospect but not chicago itself or if the mayor so of they chicago don't really have wasn't, any power it's if, if the mayor of chicago wasn't in charge of the magni mag the magnificent mile yeah or downtown maybe that's more right. like, yeah, yeah. like downtown and so yeah. the thing about it and this this is the thing and yes. shame on Anderson Cooper in a way for like pressing her about the strip casinos because she has no control over the strip casinos she has casinos. no control over that talk to her about and downtown las he vegas he didn't do it he didn't do his uh, his well and, and then where this came from was that she went online because our governor Sisolak yeah. has closed everything down and and, and he i think he's doing a great job um but uh, she went online and made, you know, a whole lot of squawk. So, of course, they're going to yeah. have the mayor of Las Vegas on. You know, it's like she made squawk. Let's right. put her on CNN. Yeah. Here's the thing. And this is why I am not I, – I again, I don't care for – I don't care for the tendency of people on the internet to become fucking monsters and try to destroy people for things that they've said or in a moment in time. And yeah. that's the thing is Carolyn Goodman wasn't prepared for that interview. She's not the kind of person who would prepare for that interview. No. Her her job is not legislation. Her job is that's not her job. Her job is to be a promoter of Las Vegas. That's mm -hmm. I mean her husband. That's what he did. He didn't really govern at all. He was a promoter of Las Vegas. And in some ways, and this is what I think is really interesting, in some ways I see Carolyn Goodman in terms of her ability to be a politician, to be a governor, or to be a, a you know like to govern the city of Las Vegas, I don't see it much different than Donald Trump's 
qualifications to <laughs> govern the country, right? Which is, right. He, you know, and you, is is he's a showpiece. You know, the guy is all you know. It's all about the media ness. So what she was doing was this is what I think. What she was trying to do and failed miserably because this is not her wheelhouse. Yeah, is you basically put a woman who's really not good in this situation, and her job is to promote. Come to Vegas. Vegas is awesome. Neonopolis. You know, this is what her job is. This is what she's been hired to do. Is what she gets paid to do is to basically be a spokesperson for Vegas. And right now, everybody's terrified to come to Vegas. And ultimately, we really, and that's one of the things that I think she's missing is we have one shot to open Vegas. We got one shot. Yeah. If we don't do it right, Vegas is gone. I mean, it's just not going to, it's just not exist anymore because if we if we open too early and we don't do it right and there's a huge spike in coronavirus cases we're fucked nobody cuz this economy is fueled on 42 million tourists right not the 3 million people in Nevada and if we can't do it right the first time on the other hand i get that she's flailing because she's seeing and it's not just that's the thing it's not just the the assholes that want their golf clubs and the fucking mouth breathers who said open the strip clubs, Ugh. right? You know, it is. <laughs> we've had two hundred and seventy six thousand people inside of six weeks lose their jobs. Yeah, it's fucking awful. I mean, this shit is and so it's crazy. And, and 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 the thing is, those people are not hearing any kind of hope. They're, I mean, and that's the one thing I criticize Sisolak. Uh, and I criticize. So that's why where I think uh, Pritzker's doing a much better job, mm-hmm. and so is Lightfoot, is that Sislek doesn't know, and he's got his experts, and he's trying to figure out how to do it. He's he's created a plan, but he can't. And what he's what he did was he made the moratorium for you know it's like we're going to shut down till April thirtieth. Well, of course, fucking everybody started planning their openings for May first. Yeah, and I mean aggressively because that's what casino owners are going to do. Right. They're going to go, okay, fuck you. Then we're going to open May 1st. Well, he doesn't know if they can open May 1st. And so he has decided, I'm not going to give you any timeline, you motherfuckers, because every time I give you a timeline, yeah. you know, there's this sense of false hope. I'm watching lots. I'm watching major resorts and they keep doing it is in April, like beginning of April, it was like, you can re- you can reserve rooms at the MGM Grand yeah. and on April fifteenth, and then once you did that, then it was like okay, we're gonna cancel your reservation and keep your money, but you can reschedule for you know April thirtieth, May first. Well, no, that no, not May first. Just not gonna happen May first. And so there's wow. a game that's being played. Yeah, and so I think Sisolak is like being more intentionally opaque. Yeah. Because of that, but that means that these two hundred and you know, three hundred thousand people that are out of fucking work that are literally looking at their pocketbooks, they're looking at their checkbooks, they're looking at their bills, and they are fucking freaking out because they have no idea how they're going to last to June first. Right. They don't know how they're going to eat. Yeah, they're going to get evicted, despite the fact that there's a moratorium on evictions. Right. Fuck you, they're going to get evicted, and they're terrified of it. Somebody needs to give them something. Somebody needs to be communicating to those people. And so I got to give Carolyn Goodman a pass because she's she's ill-equipped. It's sort of like saying, hey, 
slightly retarded 15-year-old boy. <laughs> we want to make you the spokesperson of NASA just after the Challenger exploded in the sky. Aww. Kid's not kid's not equipped, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's going to get on there and he's just going to say, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. That's yeah. what she did. So, I, you know, I can't be too hard on her. I mean, that's giving her more credit because she, she didn't even say it's going to be okay. She said, it it might not be, but we need to we need to push through that. We need to. Well, that's what people here need. To, that's what people want to hear. I don't know if it's whether they need to hear it, but there's so many people and out here in Vegas that that want to hear. God damn it, we're going to press forth, and it's not a smart. You know, she has well, no. But here's the it's thing: it's just not smart that, governance. But that's all she's known. She's not. She's not a politician. She's not a leader. Right. She's a mouthpiece, and so she's being the mouthpiece for the people that want to start things back up. But the problem with with all of this is, and this is what's exhausting me, is that pushing through, um, persevering, being America strong, Las Vegas strong, Chicago strong, fuck, everybody's so fucking strong, we get it, right? Um, Yeah. uh, Listener, you didn't see Don just rolled his eyes so far back into his head that he almost choked on him, because (laughs) yes, we get it, everybody's fucking strong. We're all so Um, badass. And we're so original. Right? Anyway. Yeah, not at all. But the thing is, right now, to be, uh, to persevere, to be brave, it's to do the thing that is not stupid. It is to suffer. It is to sacrifice. It is to struggle. That is what we have to do right now. This fucking sucks. The amount of people that are out of work, the amount of people that are furloughed, the amount of people, I mean, it's awful. It is awful. And... If but well, if we if we just go David, well fuck it we have but, to get back to work but again people David, will die we will shut David, it down we will fuck up the opening and we'll never work again. Your president has been downplaying not my president. This, yeah, has been downplaying <laughs> this as a serious subject yeah. for months. Right. Well, and and he's I mean I, I, just this weekend he made he made the comment about uh, using disinfecting your blood by injecting. Oh, disin- but he was being sarcastic. Well, yeah, it does, that's fucking moron. Well, of course he was gonna he's gonna claim that, but the fact is this right. is what's fascinating is the next day Saturday there was a news item that the Tennessee that's all I read uh-huh. I didn't read about it Tennessee poison hotlines uh-huh. had. <laughs> Are you had a forty had a forty five percent increase in emergency calls because people in Tennessee took the president of the United States seriously and started injecting Clorox and shit in themselves. Oh my god! And it's like, okay, this is why it's important. It's, it's you know, it's like so. I, I that's the thing is, I, I wrote about this last week. The difference between disinformation and misinformation. And misinformation is some guy in, you know, in Downers Grove or in the Bronx or in the San Fernando Valley who hears that, hey, if I if I drink Clorox, if I stick Lysol up my thing, then it's going to get rid of the coronavirus. That guy heard it and... If he yeah. passes it along or tries it, that's misinformation. It's not. There's no intent to that other right. than I want to believe something yes. that will help me. The disinformation comes from the top. And right now, there's so much dif- disinformation mm-hmm. that when I look at even the fucking, I mean, like the Michigan uh, protesters, they were paid for by the fucking Koch brothers, so I can't take right. that shit seriously. However, 
<laughs> I mean, pretty much. I wrote this in an I believe is like as soon your protest might be righteous, but as soon as I see a Confederate flag and Nazi swastikas, yep. I pretty much know you're just an asshole. I'm done. You know, I don't give right. a shit what your righteous cause is. But there are other people that are protesting the long-term shutdowns that are not that, and they are suffering from a, a campaign of disinformation. So I can't blame them. And again, we've talked about this ad fucking nauseum for four years, is telling people that they're stupid Yeah, yeah. because they believed something their president said is not an it's not a motivator. It's not going to suddenly take the Tennessee, right, the, right, the fucking idiots doing Lysol and so and doing Lysol. Them, That's, yeah. Doing Lysol is uh, well. I, it's one of the things. See, the thing it's is, like this doing is, cocaine like it's a. I'm doing Lysol, man. Yeah, this is not such an alien concept. I mean, you know, it's like everybody makes fun of the president for saying it. This is not such an alien concept. In the fifties, I don't think you know this. In the 50s, Lysol, and you can look this shit up, Lysol was advertised as effectively a morning after pill. Get the fuck out of here. Look it up. Look it up. It was recommended that you could douche. Women no. could Look that shit up. It is, it is. There are advertising. There's fucking advert. There's an advertisement of a woman like a, a June Cleaver, and she's sitting in her kitchen with her head in her hands. And there's a, a calendar that's been marked off, which we all know what the calendar means. And it says, I think the, the, the headline is, uh, I can't face it again. And, and it, the recommendation is that you can douche with Lysol. Well, women, early abortions actually injected Lysol in the wombs. Jesus. And the and the fetuses when they came out smelled like fucking Lysol. This is Come this on. is actual Dude, look this shit up. This is science. This is this is history. This really happened. So the idea of Donald Trump getting up there and saying, "Hey, <laughs> douche with some Lysol" is not that alien a concept. And so for people to believe that is not it, you can't go, oh, that's not flat earth theory. This shit was something 70, 80 years ago was common practice. So I just love the idea of it. My, my dead baby smelling like my clean mirror. It's I'm telling you, look it up. It is it is not hard to find. Um, it's it's insane. It's totally insane. So what I'm trying to do, what? I had a conversation in the park uh, Saturday where I was because I go work out in the park. Yeah. I had a conversation with a woman who was like, I'm so upset that they're they're making Carolyn Goodman look bad. And she's an older yeah. she's an older uh, Jewish woman that uh, walks and I see her frequently and I have a conversation with her once in a while and sometimes it's like giving her suggestions on how to deal with Verizon. Whatever. She's an old woman. Um, very nice. And I, and, and, and that was the thing is, is, uh, you know, I'm going back and forth and she goes, and she couldn't figure out. She goes, so wait a minute, are you a liberal? Oh God damn it. And I said, and I said, well, I said, darling, I said, this is what I'll tell you is when you say that, I'm pretty sure you have in your mind, a mental picture of what that means. And it's not good. Mm -hmm. I said, so let me tell you that. And this is just where I'm at at 54 is that I'm definitely what I would call a classic liberal yeah. in that I take the rhetoric of the far left and I take the rhetoric of the far right 
and I try to find something that's just almost in the middle, but probably left of the center yeah. and go with that direction. I said, so I don't think Carolyn Goodman should be destroyed because of this, but I also don't think anything she said was logical or made any sense at all. You know, and yeah, and we had a conversation about it, and that is something I'm really focused on: is that I don't like the far left, and I don't like the far right, right. and I like the people in the middle because that's where I belong. It's just it's funny to me that like, you know, it's obviously problematic with what's happening in this country as a result of coronavirus, because due to the steps taken by this presidential. This president and his administration, like they fucked yeah. it up in every way and in the most obvious Trumpian ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, like, I've been saying this for a while. Well, I mean, I guess since this whole thing started, like, I understand why people voted for Trump in 2016. I understand why people have stuck by him all these these years, these three and a half years, whatever it's been. At this point, it's like, how are you staying with him? Because he's fucking, he, he's, he's fucked the economy because he didn't take the steps ahead of time. He's making it worse by saying dumb shit about, maybe we can inject that, which makes people think, well, fine, I'll go do that. And then dialing it back going, ah, I'm just being sarcastic to see what reporters would say, to see what would happen. So now he's mm-hmm. just trolling report. He's doing everything wrong and it is hurting his, it's hurting his supporters. Well, let me, obviously, I like, see, and again, I agree with you, but again, you're asking how they could, well, how could they, okay, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you a supposition. How did you feel, um, during Obama's second term? Yeah. How did you feel Mm. about Republicans as the Senate tried to, uh, rescind Obamacare, the ACA? 40, what is it, 45 times? How did you feel about how the right was treating Obama? How did that make you feel? I It kind of didn't. It pissed you off, though. Come on. Not really. I mean, well, it, it pissed you off that Mitch McConnell promised he was going to make him a one term president. And they fucking, you know, everything he did got blocked by the by the Senate, the obstructionist Congress. It pissed you off. It was like, fuck you. This is our guy. And you're fucking with him. And Fox no. News saying, OK, maybe not you. Not me. But I would say, yeah, I would say most most liberals, most people that voted for Obama, who voted for Obama, probably saw the right just ganging up on Obama and it just infuriated them. There is, yes. I never drank the Obama Kool-Aid. So, okay. I did. Um, now you flip it. Since the minute Donald Trump has been in office, and I'm not saying this yeah. isn't right or wrong. I'm just saying from the, since the minute the left and a lot of the left media has just been piling on him constantly non-stop for three and a half years. So for you to say, I don't understand why they still support him, that is why they still well, support him. Okay, yes. It doesn't matter what he does. They don't like us. They don't like the left. They don't like CNN. And they're and and because they think those guys won't give Trump a break when he even does something right. And they fucking just, it just carries. Yes. It. That's why. That's why they're there. But but we're at such, the problem is that we can't, and this goes for the left and the right, mm-hmm. is we can't get past our own bullshit and be like, yeah, you know what? Fucking Brian Williams on MSNBC, not fair to Trump at all. Like gross, whatever, if that's what you want it to be. I don't like the fucking liberals. I don't like the fucking Democrats. But maybe I need to get past that in order to save my family. 
save my job, save yeah. my town, save my country. That would be smart. I think you're. I absolutely think you're right. All right, I want to bring up something else that I think is in long lines of what we were uh, what we're talking about. Is again, it's one of those things. Is what would you say is worse? A corporation that is honest about intention and it's all about profit and fuck everybody else or a corporation institute that is very, I'm all about the people. We're very about, we're all about unions. We're all about that. But when you're not looking, fuck over the working class, which is the worst of those two? Uh, the worst is the ones that are trying to spin the, the truth. Okay. So in that regard, Harvard. Hmm. Have you read about Harvard? No. Harvard is a bastion of left thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a left. It's it's a left institution. Yeah. Got about a forty billion dollar endowment. I okay. I did read about this. Yeah. And you read about the fact that Harvard is they're they're firing and laying off their cafeteria staff, their janitorial staff, their groundskeepers, all these people that are contract workers that rely check to check, this bastion of liberal thinking basically said, you know what, we've got $40 billion. And all we would have to take is maybe, uh, if we took 10% of that, we could pay all these people that are counting on this check for a year during this. And instead they said, no, fuck them. Have they, not, the have they not walked that back yet? No, they have not walked it back. And I don't think they will because Harvard's got an iron... They can do anything they wanted. They're ironclad. Their brand is ironclad. Yeah. Just like Trump, his brand is ironclad. They don't have to fucking make an apology. They're just going to do the thing. And what I think is interesting is my frustration with that does not compare to Brian Fuckwad on Facebook, who's uh, who hates CNN, who says CNN is all fake news, who is all this shit. It my frustration with Harvard for being hypocrites does not even come close to the rage and mouth frothing fucking rabid dog response that Brian's going to have yeah. at that very same information. And it's it it, it is the thing that if you're going to be, it's sort of like uh, I think uh, like like super wealthy preachers, you know, mm-hmm. televangelists, is if you're going to preach, if you're going to get up and lecture people about moral standards and do the right thing, you don't get, especially if you make your money from that do the right thing message, you don't get to walk that back. You don't get to make those mistakes because you've been shaming people for generations, do it this way. You really don't get that. And that is a real problem in optics for for Harvard and and I think a lot of our left-leaning institutions. Well, so it it looks like I just did a quick search and it looks like Harvard will not as of 2 days ago will not accept the relief funds. But that way they can fucking fire the people. They're going to not accept yeah. the relief funds. They don't need the they don't relief need them. funds. They want to fire people that don't have any place else to go. And, and your, your point is saying that even bullshit. with, yeah, because even with, with, even without the relief funds, they can afford 
everything they need to afford. They've got a 40 billion. They're the wealthiest goddamn college in the world. And they can't keep the groundskeepers on staff just because it's the right thing to do. Because that's what they preach. And you know, that's some bullshit. What's funny about that thinking is that that helps um, empower Mm -hmm. the Trump voters. Be like, look, look at the liberal elite. And uh-huh. they're, all their education, all they do is fucking yep. fire everybody and keep the money that for is, themselves. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not... It's a really... And so the game that we're playing right now is really not working for us. So when you ask why people can't just fucking stay at home and suffer <sighs> and just quarantine themselves and just do the right thing because science says this is what we should do, there's it's a complicated thing. It's not... I know. And that's, I know our, 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 ability, our ability to try to boil things down into real simply, simple metrics is really um, not serving us because this is a highly complicated issue. And so for us to say, oh, all Trump supporters are racist pieces of shit, you know what? Not true, that right. Is, it's an oversimplification that doesn't help us convince. If we say, oh, all liberals are fucking elite, bougie, you know, latte drinking, that doesn't help. None of this sort of reductive thinking helps us. Right. It makes us think we understand the world but we really fundamentally do not understand the world because the world's more complicated than that. Right. And so that's so that's why I'm not going to just go online and I'm not going to say you fucking idiots stay at home because you know what? They're not idiots. Right. They're 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 well, dealing some with are. a lot of comp well some well but, certainly there's some but, right. but yeah. You know, but if you give me an, put me in a room with 50 people, yeah, two of them are going to be fucking morons. That doesn't but but there are 48 that may agree with the fucking morons, but for their own reasons, and those reasons need to be thought through. It's a little bit more complicated. Right. It's absolutely something we have to you have to take in, into consideration and stuff. I, I'm in a, a Facebook, a slow Facebook messenger conversation with a, a friend that I grew up with at summer camp, because I had posted something on Facebook. It was around the, the Michigan uh, protest thing. Oh, it was the meme where it's like, you know, the black kid getting arrested... Oh yeah, the yeah, Black Lives that. Matter, whatever that, whatever it wasn't. If like if these were black people, they'd be there'd be the SWAT team. Or, Are you, you know, kidding whatever me? That is. If they were black people carrying AR-15s right. and black, they would have been shot on fucking sight. Yep, yep. It's the it's 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 so obvious. It's right. ridiculous. So this friend of mine, she's Facebook messaged me and she said, "I want to know what you think. I know that you know you don't like Trump and blah 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 blah, but like." not everybody's a racist at these protests. Not every person who voted for Trump is a, is a racist. And why do you think that this would be any different just because they're white? And what those other people were doing was, was probably illegal. And my response has been, well, one, no, not everybody who voted for Trump or is at those protests are racist. But when they're f- waving Confederate flag, there's a good sign that that's a sign that there's they're a racist. pretty good chance that they're racist. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, that, that, but they're still hanging out with racists. That's proof that is in Proudful, the pudding, yes. prideful racists. Uh, secondly, was what that that black kid being arrested, was he doing something illegal or was he being roughed up too hard? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can only assume. And is it illegal to... Uh, to and I couldn't find an answer to this, but, you know, if the governor says stay-at-home orders, and you're not staying at home, and you're not six feet apart, are you breaking the law? No. Okay. But still, if it was black people with AR-15s, 
Oh, they'd they have been shot down 100%. on site. hundred percent. On site. And to on not site. and to think otherwise is to either be really stupid, willfully ignorant, or you're just not paying attention at, and you have no concept of of the world around you. Like whatever yeah. that in between of those two things are. Well, I, we've 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 gotten to a place where we can't just say what we honestly feel because it makes us look like assholes. But the fact is, you know, I mean, you know, it's 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 like Somebody that is on the side of, like, we want to protest this, they can't say, yeah, I agree, they'd be shot on sight, because that suddenly puts them in a position, right, for the same reason yeah. that, I don't know, for the same reason that, uh, you know, I, I made this point, both, I made this, I'll make this point this afternoon, in fact, on my I Believes, is that the idea that we don't put price on lives mm-hmm. is ludicrous. We yeah. put prices on lives Every fucking day, yeah. every day we put prices on lives. I mean, it's it's we're a capitalist society. We run by money, and there are lives. We put a price on every single life based on a myriad of complicated factors. But we put prices on lives every day. Yeah. But you can't say we do that because, especially if you're in government, because then everybody goes, "Well, what's the price on my life?" Well, okay, let's, let's ask. look at it. Yeah. Are, are are you contributing to say do you have a job? No. Are you mentally disabled and not able to do a certain amount of thing? Are you physically disabled? Well, then guess what? You're worth less than someone that can. Yeah. And that's a shitty thing to say, but that doesn't make it any less true. Right. It's. I mean, that's what the entire insurance business, insurance industry, and insurance is, is all about basing That's your, it. your, your value as a human being, the yeah. price on your life. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the idea that if, if, if really every life counted, if all lives indeed did matter, mm-hmm. then cars would cost every car, the smallest car, the least expensive car would be a hundred thousand dollars. And the reason is because there are safety features we can put on cars that would completely prevent any death, that would protect every single life. Yeah. It, you know, the, if, if, if we just said every speed limit was 40, hours, 40 miles an hour, you would have exponentially less death. Yeah. But we have decided as a society that we want to have cars that are a little cheaper. And since they're a little cheaper, they don't have all those safety features. And because they're because we don't want to drive 40 miles an hour, we want to drive 80 miles an hour, we have different kind of things. Yep. So I guarantee you there is a price being put on every life on the road for that very reason. Yeah. It's because we do. But we can't say that. And And that's the thing. The person that says, I want to protest this. The only alignment, you know, it's like, okay, they're protesting. Uh, let's just use the Michigan as an example. Yeah. If you were not one of the paid-for-by-Coke AstroTurf guys, if you were just there to protest what you think is an infringement upon your rights, saying that you have to stay at home, if that's your, if you, that's all you want to do, you didn't bring a Confederate flag, you actually had a sign, <laughs> a sign that was spelled correctly with correct oh, grammar. Oh, God, yeah, those all, are fun. You know, all, all kind of stuff like that. You're that person. Yeah. I, the only way you can maintain your position that this is right is to accept that those assholes are there too, and you're and that just gives you strength in numbers. For the same reason that in Ferguson, when Black Lives Matters was created, Black Lives Matter was created, you had a whole bunch of black activists and white activists who were marching in protest, and at the same time, you had a bunch of black and white actors—not actors, but you know, bad actors, you know, people who were looting and lighting things on fire yeah 
And you don't say, hey, why didn't you not light? They have to justify why they lit them on fire rather than saying, yeah, I have to disavow those guys because all of a sudden now you're being honest, but it, the message, because it's soundbite culture. So, you know, so right. yeah. Well, and one of the things that this, this friend was d- debating with me, it wasn't an argument. I mean, it's a very civil messenger yeah, yeah. exchange. Um, was, you know, she doesn't, she, she thinks that they're, we can't just shut the world down. We need, there needs to be a middle ground between shutting the world down and just letting it back open like it was before. And yeah, okay, fine. But we're not there yet. We don't have the ability to do that middle ground because we don't know enough don't about this disease. We don't have the testing. So yeah, let's get to the middle ground. Let's open the shit back up to a reasonable amount when we can do it. You know, it's kind of like, I'm not going to dive off the highest high dive. I'll dive off the middle high dive. But first, I need to learn to swim. And we're not ready to swim yet. We don't even have a fucking bathing suit. Yeah. And that's that's the problem. And and the thing is, and that's the thing is, I think that's the conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. um, Especially with people that are, are really... It's a confirmation bias. I'll give you an example of funny confirmation. This is a funny confirmation bias. It's like, I know, I know. Nothing made me happier than I heard that the French did a study that indicated that nicotine and caffeine may be a potential blocker for the coronavirus in human beings. Shut well, I didn't that say, I, are you kidding? Uh, yeah. And, and, I missed and that. so oh. now <laughs> the English and Americans are going to be doing comp, you know, complimentary studies because, okay. The thing is, I know in my in my big brain, I know that's probably bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's bullshit that smoking especially to tax the lungs when smoking and, puts yeah, your lungs exactly. at risk. Yeah. Smoking and then yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, I, I I know it's bullshit, but there's a part of me that would love for that to be true because I drink a lot of fucking coffee and I smoke a pipe. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, see, I'm doing a thing that you're not supposed to do. That there's that confirmation bias. Yeah. So if somebody credible they think is credible goes on their news network and says this is you're right sweden didn't do this well they take out of consideration that first of all sweden is spiking second of all sweden had all the testing available that they had plenty of hospital beds that they were not fucking themselves sweden's a it's it's a totally Totally different different model so I, i all i'm saying is if and this i'll say the best thing is if you and i agree that it's all this misinformation that's causing all this kind of stuff, then it is up to you and I to be better at communicating. And it's what I've been saying about the left for fucking four years. It's right. like, if we know this is the problem, we only exacerbate the problem by throwing stones at people that don't get it. Right. And we only make them resent us if we tell them, you know, you're too stupid to understand basic science. No, no, they're not. They're not stupid. Not all of they them. Just, they are just believing. <laughs> yeah. They're believing in a confirmation bias. Like they are believing yeah. that the French said they could smoke and it would help them prevent coronavirus, which is bullshit. Right. Everybody with a thinking brain knows it's bullshit, <laughs> but oh, how cool that would be, right? And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, it's just the, the information is exhausting. The people are exhausting. And I'm, I'm even trying to avoid the, the people on social media, you know, because that's exhausting. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm I'm also at a point, and this this is where I'm like all the people that are annoying me, where I just need to shut the fuck up and get over it because I can't right now. 
each spring, like right around this time, I get itchy or antsy, I guess, um, for adventure. Like it's fucking road trip season. It's it's almost summertime, time to go swimming, time to go, you know, let's go out on the boat. Let's just let's fucking do stuff, right? Like you get away from that wintry cabin fever. And I'm I'm feeling that very much now. And it's not because of the quarantine, but because I'm... I, I can't. And Katie and I had trips planned. Like we were going to go to Nashville in the spring. I was going to go to Israel with my family. I didn't want to go to Israel, but it's for my dad's birthday in June. That's canceled. So, and I had all this travel for work. So like my desire to flee and seek adventure has all been taken away. And like, f it's fine. I'd rather it being taken away than people being sick and dying and whatever else. But like, fuck, I don't, I, I need... My brain needs to reset, and one of the ways I do that is by escaping everything, and I can't do that right now. And I'm getting yeah. I'm getting dumber by sitting in my house. And you get to escape by going on a boat or going to Nashville or Israel, and most people, their only escape is going to see a movie or a strip club. Right. So right. they're feeling the same thing you are, and but I, they have much smaller, smaller desires. Right, and I, and I understand that, and I am sympathetic to that, and we can't do it, and it fucking sucks. It does, and it, it does fucking suck. Um, and yeah, I don't care. I mean, I, you know, excuse me as I put my monocle back in my eyes. I talk about my yeah, boats yeah. and my Israel, my international travel. But it's the same thing. Like you just do the things that you want to do. I don't give a fuck if it's going to the movie or going to get an Asian massage or the titty bar, whatever the fuck it is. It sucks that we can't do that right now, but we have to suffer through it and figure it out. And when we come out of this... That will be our great sacrifice so we can tell our grandchildren is granddad, grandpappy didn't go to the titty bar or Israel in order to keep the world moving. You know, that'll be, that's our journey. There it is. Or you didn't get to go to titty bars in Israel. I mean, that's something I'm not going to get to do this June. I didn't know they had them. I mean, come on, like Israeli titties, best titties in the world. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a watch. Uh, apparently, on you know, Netflix now has that like top 10 trending or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, so Space Jam has been at the top of the list for a while, right? Okay. I've never seen Space Jam. I have no interest in seeing Space Jam. I now have an interest in seeing Space Jam. I want to watch Space Jam. All right, so, you watch Space Jam. This uh, is this yeah, is I'm a not... thing. Uh, maybe I'm just you know it's my affirmation to myself. Uh, watch Space Jam on Netflix, David. All right. Well, see, mine is also a watch and probably just as facetious, but I don't think as facetious as uh, Space Jam. I think you should watch <laughs> all of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Yes, those are fucking good. Yes, they are. Do you remember when people were like losing so their shit? Good. The, a world. The, do you remember the world we lived in once? Yes. When people lost their fucking minds over James Bond being blonde. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. What a wonderful time to be alive. All that I'm just was. telling you, watch them all. Yeah, they're great. You'll love them. They're great. All the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Uh, my next thing is a. It's a do. It's stop bitching. That's yeah. it. Just so it's it a up. don't. It's a yeah. don't. Yes, it's, it's a don't. It's a don't. Um, mine is a read. Um, it is on Medium, of all things, because I kind of hate Medium in some ways. Yeah. Um, but it is by Julio Vincent Gambuto. It is called Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting. Oh. <laughs> written on April 10th, but it is an, it is an excellent uh, 
it's it's an excellent sort of article that is sort of like okay and now they're going to start telling you everything is fine and now they're going to start telling you to go back to work and now they're going to start to it's a really really thoughtful article i mm. highly recommend it all right uh then my my last thing to do this week uh it's a read it's go to the washington post uh dot com uh it's an opinion by Bill Gates called Here are the Innovations We Need to Reopen the Economy. Bill Gates is kind of a smart I mean, window look, Windows sucks. Yes. I don't use PCs, but other other than Windows and Windows aside, Bill Gates is a, a really smart, smart dude. Smart guy. Um his the, the Gates uh foundation, like this is the kind of stuff they do. He's a reasonable expert source to consider. So um There you go. Washington Post uh, opinion from Bill Gates. Here are the innovations we need to reopen the economy. And my final thing is a listen. Um, it's a new podcast for him, so I like it. It's uh, Sam Harris. It's called Making Sense. Um, he interviews incredibly intelligent people about very, very complicated topics, um, and they're very accessible to listen to them talk. Um, one of the things to know is that he makes a living with this. Um, if you cannot, you can subscribe. If you want the full the full podcast, go to samharris.org. Mm -hmm. It will say, hey, you can do the 495 version. But if you just say, I can't pay, and you send them your email, they always, they always give you uh, a free thing. Oh, interesting. So you can, yeah. So I, I like that. And then if I had to have a fourth, uh, go find the Quarantine Cabaret on on uh, Instagram. Quarantine Cabaret. It's Michelle Amore. It's phenomenal. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And support those guys. And that was also one of your three things a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, which I, I still haven't done, so I will do that again. And since you threw a fourth one in, I, I want to give you this one because you mentioned right. um, that you have now watched uh, uh, Plot, Against, Plot Against, America. Against America. So good. There is a podcast to go along with it. Oh. Um, it's Plot Against America podcast. Hosted by uh, your boy from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Sagal? Sagal is the host, and he sits down with David Simon uh, for, you know, the five, six weeks. Oh, I want to listen weeks. to that shit. Um, oh, and I they just, listen to that now. They recap, and they talk about, yeah. like, the production of it and how it compares to the book. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's good. Now that you've seen it, uh, I do recommend you'll, you'll get a kick out oh, of I'm it. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. All right, yeah. that's the show. That is the show. Stay safe out there. Quit your fucking bitching. And uh, Carol Baskin killed her husband. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>